Welcome to House of Agents. And now, here's your hosts, Tessa and Ramon. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the House of Agents podcast. We're super excited. You will be listening to this in the amazing year of 2023. I cannot believe that we've closed out 2022 and we are already entering into a whole new season. Hopefully you've already gone through the process of setting some goals, some intentions, maybe resolutions, whatever name you want to give them. I know some people are very against calling them New Year's resolutions. Everybody's got their opinions on that. I saw a new one, New Year Reflections. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) reflections has a different meaning in my opinion. It's not so forward facing, but regardless of what you want to call it, it all has the same goal, which is to outline things that you want to work towards, things that you want to push for and bring that into your frame of perspective so that you can hopefully accomplish it this year. And I know Ramon and I have two different like approaches to setting goals and tackling goals. I think there's a lot of ways that we do it that are similar, but a lot that are also kind of different. So I figured this would be a perfect time to share what has worked well for us and what has not worked as well in the world of kind of casting a vision, setting goals, however you want to phrase it. I just feel like there's a lot to share around the dialogue of how to do so effectively because What I hate to see happen, and I see this happen a lot, is it has a bit of the adverse effect where somebody will set this lofty goal and then fail to do some of the complementary steps to actually getting there. And then it becomes this thing that, oh, I don't like setting goals because I never accomplished them. And then it becomes sort of this negative thing rather than what it's supposed to be, which is a very motivating and keep you on track kind kind of thing. So tell us a little bit about your favorite way to set your goals and if you do so regularly? Well, I just want to preface this by saying that I am the worst goal setter of of all because I don't think I've ever set a goal and actually hit it. Okay. (laughs) That's going to be a super weird way to start off the podcast until I started actually realizing what worked for me. Because I think to your point, a lot of times we look at the way that someone else sets goals and we try to mimic or copy or use a lot of the same content or ideas, but really it wasn't truly from us. And one thing that I learned, so it's three things that I learned for myself personally, takeaways about goal setting and setting my plan and intention for the year is number one, I have no emotional attachment to dollar values. I've learned that about myself. I obviously I value money, but I value freedom more. I just know that you need money to have freedom. So I focus on getting money so I can have freedom. And I think for me, like saying I want to net, you know, $1 million next year that I, I could, I could write that on my bathroom mirror. I could write it in my truck. I could have it in my notes. I could talk about it all the time, but until there's an actual emotional connection for me, it doesn't really do much. It doesn't get me out of bed in the morning, I guess I should say. So number one, attaching a a, a real emotion. So for example, what are you going to do once you have that million dollars? Like you have that net, what what are you going to use it for? Like, are you proving somebody wrong? Are you going to retire your mom? Are you going to, you know, invest in, in, in in generational wealth in your first investment property? Whatever it might be. Those are the things that get me excited. Take your family on a vacation. So that's number one. Number two is not just set it in a, and I know you'll get into, you're really good at this, but not just set it in some annual time frame. 
a year is a long ways away, but set it in, in, you know, monthly, quarterly, weekly. And I mean, depending if it, if it's related to production, I'll get down to the actual daily things mm -hmm. that I know I need to accomplish to hit this annual goal. I think at a minimum, I like to break it up into quarter into quarterly. Yeah. You really set the tone for the conversation well there unintentionally, but you did that very well because I think that a place to begin is that so many people think that there is really like they have to do the vision board or they have to do things a certain way because that's what's popular or maybe that's what they're taught by their employer, by their family, spouses, whatever. And the reality is, though all of those things can be really fun, really great, you do have to find what's going to work for you. And also, I think a lot of that does start with a reflection in order yeah. to cast the vision forward because you made the point point of, you know, you have to have some sort of like emotional attachment or something that it gets you actually vested in that. And we've talked a little before about finding a why and motivation and stuff like that, but it really is all connected because if I just were to say, and for me, I am fairly money motivated. Like the number definitely is something that motivates me more. So I still like to attach more of an emotion to it. But that alone does motivate me. Whereas for you, it doesn't so much. And same as for other people in a fitness goal, there are some people that want to look a certain way, whereas other people really want to see that certain number on a scale. So it really does depend on what works best for how you cast the vision for yourself. And one of the best ways, this is probably a good tangible takeaway for people, but the one of the best ways to do so, in my opinion, is to operate off of the wheel of life. And so there's eight main equities of life. There's physical health, family, spirituality or spiritual health, career, financial, relationships, knowledge, and attitude. There are a couple different interpretations of that. Many people say it a couple different ways. But the reason that I love that is when most people think, okay, I'm going to sit down and set my goals. It's usually based around financial and physical. Those are mm -hmm. pretty much the two categories that most people are going to set their goals Jump in. To right away. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you'll have like, oh, I want to do a family trip or, you know, you may throw in a few others, but very seldom does somebody actually look at all of these different areas of your life. And the reason that it's so crucial and the reason that I think of it as a wheel of life is because if any one area is drastically depleted, which often sure. happens, especially for entrepreneurs, people who are chasing a dollar amount, let's say you set your goal for that million dollars. If you neglect all of the other pieces, your physical health, your spiritual health, your mental health, you know, your physical health, which happens oftentimes when we get in that grind hustle mode, all you want to do is get more deals done. A lot of times those things start to deplete. And now just as you would with a bicycle wheel, if one piece was knocked in, you're going to have this wonky wheel that you're trying to roll through life with. You're not going to be able to get nearly as far and definitely not as far as fast yeah. as you would like to. And so that's why it's so important to have those different areas. And so whenever I go to set goals, I first like to assess myself kind of like one to 10 in those different categories. And it'll definitely shine a light on where you should start placing, you know, some of the things to work on a little bit more. And whether they're these big, crazy, lofty goals, I think that's the other piece is a lot of times people think it's got to be, I want to make X amount of money or it has to be something drastic. It could simply be that my goal is to be active three days a week every week this year or something. Like I want to also kind of, 
disarm the thought that it has to be so insanely lofty and crazy and like these big dramatic goals. It really is just about small improvements. It's about that 1% compounding over time to get better in the long run. And I think to your point, like the word that comes to mind is sustainable because you're taught, I mean, I think we can all sacrifice about a year out of our lives and, and do some crazy things in order to gain, whether it's financial, financial strength in order to gain strength at home, whatever it might be. But long-term, is it really sustainable operating that way? And I think to your point, the person who can gradually increase their business by 20, 30% conservatively every single year, by year five, six, seven, eight, I mean, they've built a massive business that is now sustainable, mm-hmm. meaning that it, it's your the wheel of life, right? The eight spokes are all intact. That's so much more valuable if you're playing the long game, which I think we all are, whether we know it or not. I think it's so much more value to be in that position. That took me a long time to figure out. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I've never invested single family real estate. It's so boring. Wait 30 years to pay off. No. Next thing you know, here I am buying (laughs) rentals, you know, every year because I'm like, oh yeah, wow. That slow and steady continuing to increase your portfolio is how you ultimately get there. Yeah. And I mean, the same is true. I could that same thought process could be translated across every single other category. I heard a, a quote like probably sometime last year and it stuck with me so much. And it was people care about their health the most when they're on their deathbed or when they're, they find out they're very ill. That's when the most people start truly caring and speaking up about their health is when like, oh, you got diagnosed with something terrible or something happened. You start thinking about it. Same thing with if you are in bed and you wake up with a tweaked neck one morning, all of a sudden you notice how often you, you use your neck and how much you wish you had it in good health. But very rarely is somebody going through every day being like, oh, I'm so glad my neck feels good today. (laughs) Like you don't think about it till you don't have it. And, um, and so I think that that same rule really translates across everything that it is so much of a long game. Life is really short, but at the same time, the more that you think about the things that you want to build over years, you'll have a much better future because of how you set yourself up now. And very rarely, if ever, are you going to solve your problem by having one great year? I think that's the other thing is that people think, oh, well, you know, everything in my life is shit right now, but I'm going to make a million dollars next year. Nothing else matters. And then everything's going to be better. And I mean, in the words of someone very famous, mo money, mo problems, it definitely does not solve all of your problems. It just brings attention to the ones yeah. that were already there, kind of makes them worse than they were in the beginning. I will say, though, I do think that there's problems that you'd rather have with a bank account. That oh, absolutely. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I've heard that thought yeah, process thought before process, yeah. of like, oh, instead of the slow and steady, I'm going to keep pushing for that one record breaking month or year yeah, yeah. in hopes that that's going to be the remedy for, for all the things. And maybe it is, and hopefully it happens. But I would suggest that while you're striving for that, you build all of the consistency. Yeah. The, along the way the whole time too. Let's bring it let's bring it right back down to like the team and the agent, a team leader or an actual agent. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've ran at least 5 years of business planning, goal setting, productivity tracking not only for myself before usually a team of of, you know, between 15 and 50 and then you know, other agents just for fun and whatnot. Why do you think that agents historically set up these whole, they do the vision, they do the vision board. They have some 
I mean, I think I do a really good job personally of breaking down productivity for not the vision, all that stuff. You're, you're better at that, but just breaking down very pragmatically. How are you going to achieve X amount of transactions? They do all that. Well, if you haven't done it with me, you haven't done it right. I guess I say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I'm happy to help anybody out with it. Seriously, take me up on that. Why? Why? Why do they not accomplish it? Why, within, I think the first quarter, it goes out the door. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. I think that there's three main reasons that agents get derailed pretty easily. I think number one does go back to what you first mentioned here, which is that there's not some sort of deep rooted why, meaning, or emotion. And maybe deep rooted is not even the right word because we've talked about this too. Like, it, you need to be really honest with yourself about what is motivating you to take those actions. It doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I just love helping people find houses. Like, it's just really fires me up because that's not the reality for most people. And if you're telling yourself that if for some people it may be, but if you're telling yourself that you're probably lying to yourself. And so when times get tough or when you wake up one day feeling like shit and you don't want to make your dials and you don't want to do the things you said you would do, it's like, yeah, I don't really have a deep rooted emotion or reason why I should. So I think that that piece is really important is that people need to get real honest with what actually motivates you to do so. Correct. And you're going to have to like look inward. You may have to have that conversation with people in your life, but understanding what that is, I think that's a big reason people fall off. Second, I think that people get way too attached to instant gratification. They're more attached to the outcome that they're seeking rather than the action that they're taking. And and we both know that through real estate, there's a lot of times that you're going to get smacked down, told no, told to screw off, whatever people say to you, you're going to hear that a lot of times. And if you get discouraged after the third or fourth time, then it's definitely not the right place for you to be. And so what I mean is I think a lot of people get so attached to the first outcome that they've set. I know you help people break down the actions on how to actually get there, but I don't believe that most people truly do that. Or maybe it's like they, they kind of have an idea of it, but not to the point of, hey, when I wake up Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, my top priorities, I have three priorities when it gets time to work in my business, and it is to do X, Y, and Z. Everything else does not matter until I get those three things done. Yeah. And for most agents, it's deals, it's prospecting, it's finding and sourcing pre-qual or getting buyers and then ultimately pre-qualifying them and then walking into the front door of a home you haven't been in before called a listing appointment. Yep. At, for most agents, that is what your whole day should revol revolve around. Business cards, websites, social media posts, not saying social media is not important. Yeah, most watch agents, it, buddy. <laughs> most agents still struggle <laughs> with production. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think like clearing, also clearing out all the noise yeah. and getting right down to the that, root of the problem. That's exactly it. The, the third reason I think that most agents don't is because of shiny objects. They get pulled towards, yeah. or they they made their plan. Maybe they followed your exact advice. They've got their to-dos. They know what that action should be. And then their inbox dings and they got an email that says that guaranteed next 10 closings if you sign up for this thing or you <laughs> sign up for that. Some coach conned them on, yeah. on YouTube. Into yeah, I mean, whether it's a coach, everything. a service, a new CRM, a new platform, all of those things are ultimately just distractions from exactly what Ruben just said, which is the heartbeat of your business is continuing to close deals. One thing I would add to your one, two, three of reasons why agents don't succeed. Um, they do all the goal planning and vision and all that, and this doesn't happen. I'd also say some reminders. I think you do a really good job of this, but I mean, making sure that those emotional attachments, making sure those reasons why 
the actual physical, tangible goal itself, like putting them in front of you, Mm -hmm. uh, of yourself multiple times throughout the day, every single day. I think that's another one is, I mean, you, I mean, I know for me, this just sounds really bad, but I for sure forgot what my goal was. (laughs) Like I set it up, but I'm like, uh, was it? This or that? I can't. It was somewhere like. See, y'all, this is where we very much differ because that could not be more opposite for me. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but that, you know, not like, to, not now, but I'm saying like in the past, yeah. like I'd set a goal and then come April, May, I'm like, wait, what was it again? Yeah. <laughs> and because, you know, I wasn't reminding myself of it. Absolutely. I think that that is a really cool piece. One thing that I encourage people to look for when doing just that, when setting those different kind of places to remind you is think about more than just the sense of vision. So a lot of times we, when we think of like a reminder, you're like, okay, maybe it's a photo or maybe it's the vision board that you create, but what are some of the other senses, meaning vision? Is there a sound? Like I had a one girl, she came onto a real estate training of mine and I got into it a little bit with her about what her motivation was, what her why was. And for her, it was that she wanted to be able to make an extra 20 grand, I believe, before her wedding so that she could not compromise on like some of the florals and stuff like that, that oh, she had gone yeah, with the that... lower package because they couldn't afford it. But she really wanted this and she wanted to have that like wedding of her dreams. And she got all very emotional as talking about it, which was obviously amazing. But I was like, I encourage you to think about like, you know what your first dance song is going to be, right? You and your husband or your soon to be husband selected that. Listen to that song when you start to lose some of the motivation and it's going to put you in that place of picturing yourself being there. Or if there's a certain scent, like if one of your goals is to go on a tropical vacation, maybe it's the smell when you get that pina colada or whatever you get or sunblock or something. So it, it sounds sort of silly, but those for a lot of people can help you tap into that emotion more so than just reading it or seeing a photo of it. If you like think of some of the other senses, it can be a really cool way to kind of transport yourself there, especially if you're cultivating your environment, like in your office, if your motivation is, you know, to pay your kids through college, have photos of them or have a little note that they wrote for you or a recording of their little voice, like cheering you on that you can listen to when you need that extra push to keep going. Because I yeah. think that's really true. And I think the other thing too is there's there's nothing wrong with identifying that you need that extra help or support or those pushes. And I think like accountability groups are great. Being in and real masterminds and in, in, in coaching sessions with people who are there to help push you. Like I do think that there's nothing wrong. You don't have to be like a lone soldier. You can definitely do it with other people. I think not being afraid to admit that you want more accountability or you want more support during this next year or whatever the case is, I think that's fine too. Yeah. And it's funny. I have a prime example of this with um, a big goal I had set for myself in 2022. I wanted to finally buy my G-Wagon. I had set this goal for myself many times before, many years prior. And I definitely am very much the person that if I fall short on something, I will not give myself the reward, whatever it was that I set out to do. And so there've been times where I've stated I was going to do something. I was going to buy the G-Wagon after that. I didn't hit that goal. So I didn't get it. And this year I was like, or 2022, I was like, this is going to be fun 
finally it. And so I literally, I would go and test drive them sometimes long before I was ready or or had accomplished that goal yet. I had a actual toy G-Wagon, actually two of them. One was in my office and one was at my house and I would see it every single day. And it had all the details. It was this complete little figurine of a G-Wagon and I would visualize the feeling, the sound of that car turning on because it's one of my favorite things about it, that nice big growl. I like pictured every single piece of it. And reason being, and part of why I think it helped keep me so accountable to doing so was because then the day that it happened was not the first day that had happened. I had already lived that day so many times in my head that my, and there's a lot of science behind it, right? They say that your subconscious doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination. And so the more that you can create this imaginational or imaginational, this imaginary, (laughs) it kind of sounded like if I had kept running with it, you would have believed that. (laughs) Nobody would have known. No, this imaginary scene of what you want your life to look like or feel like or sound like, then you're mind is going to start believing that that's already happened for you. And so it obviously starts to eliminate some of the limiting beliefs that may come up or the self-doubt that might come up. And so you kind of close the gap between where you are and where you want to be by doing stuff like that. So it can be really powerful, whatever form people choose to do it in, to create those scenarios where you haven't lived it just once when it happens, you've done it over and over and over. Yeah. And guys, this, this model G-Wagon even had a little (laughs) Doberman dog hanging out, hanging out the back, a Harley. It was truly the model. It it, it was down to a, a tea yeah of what she wanted even though i don't think she rides in the back she rides in the yeah oh, she's she, far too much of a princess to sit in the back of no. that car well you know something you said was interesting you talked about self-learning beliefs that i think that at some level all of us have when i am helping an agent or helping our team get ready for the next year one of the most important numbers that i want to know is net profit i think there's a lot of confusion in the real estate industry about Uh, GCI and units and volume. And it really just comes down to one number. It's net profit. And so I want to know what that number is. But something I hear time and time again, and I'll ask you this on the first interview, and I'll ask you this in our our, uh, coaching for uh, getting ready for the next year business planning. And I hear, if I could just, I hear this all the time, if I could just make a hundred grand or it'd be nice that's my other favorite one. It'd be nice to make 125. Well, I think 150 would be realistic, right? I hear I hear this, and in my mind, I think, why are you just trying to make it or just trying to hit your goal? What would you tell someone who's who's maybe setting out these goals, but like they're still thinking that? I mean, to me, that language says that you don't think it's possible. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say to that? Yeah, it absolutely is already saying, oh, I don't think that's possible for myself. I'm not believing it. I'm not claiming it. So one thing that I'm a big, big fan of, and it's because our mind kind of operates like that pendulum. I've given this example plenty of times, but it swings forward. If you said you wanted to make that 150,000, someone says, and so, but you've never made more than 40 grand in a year, the pendulum swings up to that big goal and says, okay, can we do that? And your mind is like, oh my gosh, no, that's never happened before. So you swing back to where you are at 40 grand. And then it's like, okay, well maybe 80,000. Is that possible? And until you get closer to the gap where your mind believes that it's possible, which is typically going to be a small gap or a small jump from where you currently are, 
it's only at that point that you really start to accept and believe it. And so I think one of the best ways that you can kind of use that to your advantage is how can I bring my belief in my own self and abilities up to a higher level so that when I do start to make proclamations of these big audacious things that I want, then my mind's like, yeah, absolutely. That's no problem. Done deal. We're already there. We're already at the skill level that we need to, or at the very least, we've done enough to show ourselves that we can be there very soon, very shortly. So on a like tactical way, I have a evidence of success list. I love to keep list in my phone of all of the things that I've done, accomplished, that I'm proud of, some very small and some large things. Like I was proud of accomplishing 75 hard, not once, but twice. I was proud of running a half marathon. I've been proud of all these different kinds of things. Well, I guess those were kind of big things, big examples. But my point is you can write down even the smallest of things. It could be that I got out of bed, you know, before 6 a.m. every single morning for a month or for a week or for three days, but things that start to show you that when I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. And that's how you start to build, right, that confidence and belief in yourself, and then you get closer to it. So what would you say to those people? I'm sure you've got a great piece of advice. Yeah. I mean, I think it's easy. I think it's easier to come from us because we've, you know, well surpassed that. But I do remember being in that exact same scenario where I... And now I never made more than 30 grand in a year, like working part-time college and did the explosives thing. Like these were all just almost side hustles or side jobs. But I think that what I, again, going back to like my personality was I got fixated not on, I I actually, I think in my first, my second year, I don't even think I had a goal of income. (laughs) I honestly didn't. And I thought that was a very, very, very good year for me. I just got fixated on the actual like work itself. Like I just got fixated on, doesn't matter having my phone glued to me. I would respond to everything. I would investigate everything. I'd read everything. I'd go to every event. Like I almost investigate. Well, yeah. Investigate. (laughs) Like I, like I thought there was an interesting house that I wanted to go look at. I'd go look at it myself personally. I wouldn't like wait to go, oh, yeah, it's cool. It's on MLS. I don't have anything to do. I <laughs> I just got obsessed with like real estate. Like I'd study it. I'd scroll through MLS. I'd look through all the different agents. I would look at all the hot sheets. I'd go back in the expires. I would run my own comps. Like I just got obsessed with it. And um, the point I'm making though about that like obsession, the work is that by the time the game is over, right? You, before you even start the game, you already won, right? Like, so you're trying to say that you 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 want to get to this end goal of 150. It's like, well, the work you do throughout that time will get you there. It's not the number, like thinking about it, in my opinion, didn't do anything for me. But what did do it for me is like, just leave there, leave it no chance, no doubt in your mind that you gave yourself an A plus in terms of work ethic and did everything in your power to improve on your skill set, And I believe that once you do that, the money will come. Mm-hmm. When you, but you have to be talented. You have to be skilled at what you do. And unfortunately, I think we've all learned in real estate that experience has no experience, which means time in the business has no correlation to skill. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Are there agents who have been in the business for a decade and are the most talented, even, even longer, the most talented in the industry? Oh, yeah. But just because someone's been in the business for 10 years doesn't mean that they have some type of elite skill set. Let's not get it mistaken. So I was like, and I was, and for me too, I was a young guy, 20, I don't know, 22, 23. I never had bought a home before. So I'm like this young kid fresh out of college trying to convince people to buy real estate. Like, I don't even know what, I don't even know the process. I've never been through it myself. And so when you, when you don't have 
you don't have previous sales. You don't have a lot of like proof that you can do the job well. The one thing you can control is how educated you are. Mm -hmm. And so getting obsessed with learning the business, like the rest of it took care of itself for me personally. Yeah, that's a great point. I also think for somebody who operates more similarly to like the way you do with goals, I love how when you're doing business planning and goal setting and stuff to break it down into what needs to happen on a daily basis. I think that's so important because now I can almost, I can set the goal, right? You set the big goal and then you can kind of set it aside you know, in theory, you set that aside. We're not going to like fixate on just that number, but I'm going to fixate on the fact that in the first week, I'm going to win six out of seven days at least. And then in the first month, I'm going to win 29 out of 30 days at least, or 20 out of 30 days at least. And starting to set like more of a personal accomplished list, accomplishment checklist, like how many days in a row can I win? And I've always been a big fan of incentivizing my own behavior. I work really well when somebody's dangling a treat in front of my face. So (laughs) that's a great way to do it though, is if you say, okay, I'm going to win as many days as I can this week. And if I win all seven days, then I'll buy myself And it could be anything. I'm not saying you have to put a bunch of money on yourself betting on the fact that you'll win, but maybe it's that you'll go get a bottle of wine that you've been wanting to drink, or you'll buy yourself a coffee, or maybe it is something larger, but being able to kind of like incentivize your own behaviors actually does train your brain to do more of the good stuff. And that way, again, we elevate the defaults so that even on the days that are hard and challenging that I don't want to do it, I still don't want to lose my streak of winning the day. Yeah. And so that those kind of things can be other little tools that you use to keep yourself on track, even if setting big goals and big vision stuff doesn't really get you going. Yeah. I think too, when you talk about winning each day, number one, you have a lot more gas in your tank than you think. But I think a word that you like to use is optimization or optimize. I do think that because real estate is such a, when I say up and down, like there's just no required, there's nothing required. It's all however you want to interpret it. Your days can be very odd at times and and your schedule can get very clustered. So also looking at what supplements or support do you need in your life in order to be able to accomplish that goal? I think that's a part we all miss out. Not I say we all miss out, but I think a lot of times we forget about is, you know, if you have other obligations, if you have a schedule that doesn't allow you to be free all the time, like really looking at it and going, how can I eliminate some of the things that I am doing that aren't helping me get to to that goal or to that target? And I mean, the list goes on and on, right? But I think that's another big part of looking at your life to outside of work, And it goes back to the wheel, I think, but making sure things are priority. I think time management, using a calendar. And I'm just talking about for an agent standpoint. Like I see agents that just have like, they do not run their day around anything. They just run their, they just. They let their day run them. They what? Thank you for, yes, (laughs) bringing that home for me. They run their day around whatever, like it's just free for all. And that's, I don't, I don't know how you can operate that way. Yeah. And, and say that you did everything you could this today to make sure you hit your goal. It's like, you don't even know what you were going to do when you woke up. You just like started going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they certainly are never going to be more than a one man show. Cause if you can't track anything you do, you certainly are not going to be able to hand any of those things off to other people. But I think that a good place to kind of pivot now would be to talk a little bit about the role of reflection in setting goals and casting vision. So 
I would dare to say that you don't always do a great job of giving yourself credit for what you have accomplished and done so far, partially because you're always pushing more towards, you know, what you want to accomplish. But what are some things or times that you've been prompted to like reflect on, you know, the good that you have accomplished or the things that you have done well? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've never, no one's, I don't, can't remember a time where anyone's prompted me to like think about those things outside of, I think, our conversations. But yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a weird balance because I try not to get too caught up in thinking about what already happened. But one thing that I've, I've I'm convinced at this point, like I, there's so much noise out there when it comes to like success, right? And obviously that def- definition is different for everybody, but not making the same mistake twice has to be on the top three things in order to be successful. And so I always look back more on if I'm especially looking forward, like what did I do previously that was a mistake and how do I not do that or like eliminate that from my world going forward? Mm -hmm. I think I use the reflection more for that, thinking about what went wrong and what I would have done differently and then make those adjustments like with a lens looking forward. But I do try not to get too caught up in what like what was before because I mean it is over. But I, I I get what you're saying. But I'm like I don't know I I struggle with reflection. Yeah. Well, my point in saying that is, and I do think it's so important. I was well. I guess I'll tell a quick story and we'll we'll bring it oh, back home time, with this. Yes. Get comfy. Yeah. No. So I'm going through with one of my businesses a big change and kind of shift. Right. It's like a new season of how we operate and making some major changes as far as how things are run and what our structure looks like and all that kind of stuff. And I was having a conversation with both of my coach and then another one with one of my good friends, and the conversation led me to kind of expressing the fact that I was like grieving the loss of this business as it once was. And I was kind of feeling sad and almost defeated in a way of like, did I fail at doing this this way? So my friend, she actually brought up a really awesome point, which was as much as we make these vision boards, we never really make a vision board of what was and what happened and how much I was able to do and accomplish and have because of the way that it operated. And so change can always be scary for people. Like every time something evolves, you know, we feel it in a different way or we think about it differently. But the reality is we're always evolving into kind of a new reason to keep going. We're kind of always looking for that next thing that's going to push us into the new season, whether it's that new financial goal, whether it's the new, you know, transaction counts that you want to hit this year, whether it's physical, whatever the goal is, that means that the previous things that you've cast have kind of are dead and gone. They're in the past. And so it brought up just an awesome point that in the same way that we make this vision board or set our goals for ourselves, we should, to some degree, do it for what has happened as well. And it kind of aligns with what we just talked about with my evidence of success board even is, you know, you're giving yourself credit for the fact that you, first of all, set a goal in in your case to get into real estate in the first place. You went and did this like crazy explosives, which honestly, I don't think that we actually thoroughly told that story in your interview episode that we did, which is kind of crazy to people. But you set that goal, you made enough money to get into real estate. And then ever since then, you know, there's been continual evolutions over the years of goals that you 
set, whether super intentionally or not, and accomplish. And so there's this long runway of obviously a lot of failures, but more successes to bring you to where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. I think also too, like, even if when you talk about looking backwards, I think about like starting off where I remember being super confused and like not knowing what to do, feeling frustrated, you know, setting goals that I forget about. (laughs) And then you look at highlights in your career and, you know, obviously the one, there's many highlights that come, but you look at the ones that are previous and you go like, wow, yeah, I guess I did, you know, start off as an agent who was super confused, had no clients sitting there twiddling my thumbs to speaking in front of like six, 7,000 agents at a, at a, at a real estate event. Like that's, I think also showing yourself like the difference in where you were each year mm-hmm. and almost reflecting back. I think I do like this now that I'm, I, I do remember this about reflecting. There we go. <laughs> I like putting like a theme, like on the year. Okay. Like reflect, like looking back and going, I know 2016 was just literally throwing shit at the wall and sending sticks. <laughs> I know 2017 was like, I was a, that was like my production year. That was like my hundred homes in a year, year, 2017. 18 was my first step into like the brokerage world. 19 was another step, just another brokerage world, throw out the wall, see what sticks. Yeah. Brokerage world. 2020 was expansion and looking at another, you know, partnering with someone. We ended up partnering with EXP Realty. 2021, which I don't really remember a lot from 2020 and 2021. I don't know why. It just seems like a blur to me. (laughs) 2021 was honestly just trying to navigate through that ecosystem. And I think that was 2021 for me was shiny object syndrome. Mm where I was got way too distracted with way too many things. And I, and I, I lost focus on like my main thing was 2022 was moving. That was fun moving to Scottsdale and then was also the partnership with, with place. And I think that was like, you talk about confused and lost track and not focused to like dialed in and very clear on what we're going to do now and have done in this year. I think like every year, if you put a theme on it, help, I think that for me helps me categorize and know like, okay, what's next? What, and then put a theme maybe on this year going forward. And my, I'm just going to tell you, can I tell you my theme? All right. Let's All right I'm going to make it up on the spot. So okay. I don't have, this isn't like, I'm just thinking about it now. So we're actually doing a live goal setting for me All right. and themes and uh, reflection so going forward is keep it simple, keep it consistent and keep moving forward no matter what. Like, and, and for me, it's just a matter of focus, having very clear KPIs, tangible things that we know we need to do this, not stopping regardless of the market, keep pushing forward, but keep it simple and, and make sure you do it every single day. Okay. That was pretty good. I like the simplicity factor in there. And I, I do like where you kind of came around on the reflection. I came around. One, I guess, analogy I'll give on the reflection is I think about it as if it were like a recipe book. So if, or let's do something that that really everyone will understand here, because I think we've all attempted to build some kind of furniture in our lifetimes, whether it was putting together like your college dorm or actually building a piece of furniture for your house or apartment that you live in today. I mean, I did build these chairs. Yeah, Ramon knows this well. He did a lot of our, a lot of our setup here. But a lot of it. Well, I I meant in the whole house. Oh yeah, yeah, majority. Yeah, all of it. Okay. Anyways, with that, when you buy a new piece of furniture, say a table, it's going to come with some instructions, right? That tells you how to put it together. And sometimes 
they're very clear. Sometimes they're not. So we're not going to go into that rabbit hole. But my point is, if you were just given a couple of screws and wood and like pieces of metal and stuff like that, you would maybe be able to construct something. I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying people in general would maybe be able to construct something, but it certainly would not be the same as how other people had done it prior, right? And so by having these instructions, it's somebody who documented it, who did it right one way and wrote it down so that other people could do the same thing. I like to think about it in terms of that when it comes to reflection is if I document and actually form complete thoughts around things that have happened in my life, because that's the other thing. We're moving so fast. Everything's always going forward. If we don't formulate a complete thought around something, then either you forget it or maybe you look back on it thinking, oh yeah, that was great. When in reality, when you went through it, you're like, this is God awful. There's got to be a better way to do this. So I think about it like tying up those loose ends and and giving ultimately yourself and hopefully others, because we could always guide other people through that process too, the instructions so that they can look at that and build themselves the same table or accomplish the same goal or similar without having to run into a lot of the issues. Like that. Wow. So that was kind of my... Did you just come up with that? I did. Wow. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> so I, I think that that's a good way to look at reflection. I'm with you. I don't like to look back and like dwell on things by any means. And that's certainly not what I mean by it. I just think that it's important to be able to also not make the same mistakes twice. We'd rather not just make this like cyclical, make life more cyclical than it already is. We want to make sure that we're still continuing to move forward and progress in the right direction or the wrong direction, but at least that tells us then how to redirect towards the right direction. So I think reflection is super, super important and allows us to cast the right goals. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Goals. <laughs> All right. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm reaching for something else to, that's okay. That's to, okay. To say, but I think, uh, no, I think you summed it up. I think. Is there any other points you think? Well, um, let's maybe, let's do summary. Let's summarize because there was a lot in this episode. I know we're kind of coming up towards the end here, but one of the big goals that we had for this episode is that it's takeaways for you because whether you've already set your goals for this new year, which hopefully you have at this point, or if you have not, regardless, there should be some constant revision to it too. That's the, I guess that's the last piece is when you set those kind of goals or resolutions or things you're pushing for, it's not intended to be something you write down once and never look at again. That's typically where you'll end up being that person in May who's like, I don't even know what I wrote down, Ramon. (laughs) But instead, it's like stuff that we continue to evolve with us because new opportunities might present themselves. You may have a killer first quarter and you've already accomplished, you know, three quarters of the goal you set out to do for the whole year. So of course, we're going to have to go in and revisit that and adjust accordingly. And uh, so that's why I like to mostly operate off of things like 12 week years, 90 day sprints. I think 90 days is a really good amount of time to set and establish a new habit, but also to give yourself some clarity on, okay, I need to readjust the goals that I originally set here because either we're way off one way or another, or maybe that's not even really the goal that we have in mind as a company, as a couple, as an individual any longer. And so we need to kind of figure that out. So let's summarize for the people, give them kind of your summary of how you like to break goals down into those daily or weekly tasks. Yeah, sure. Well, I guess, you know, if we want to relate it back to like real estate sales, or I think that's the easiest way for me to do it. My job now is is a lot on the talent 
on the talent side. So on recruiting to our actual sales team and then also um, to our executive team, you know, finding leaders, finding, you know, that's, that's what I do. So not a lot on sales, but really it's the same thing when you think about it, because there's conversion around your conversation. So the way I like to look at it is I like to put out, okay, what do I want to end this next year with? Like, what do I want it to look like? And I draw that out and then I go quarter by quarter. Okay. So if I want to, my organization size, I'll give you guys the real numbers. I want it to be, I think it's like 60, I think it's like 65 at the end of quarter one of agents, 65, 70, somewhere in there. I know that I, that requires me to add about another 10 to 15 agents to our organization across our three markets. So I look at it and I go, okay, so if I I personally, with my own conversion plus the agents we say no to, when we factor it all in, I have like a 30%. So if I talk to 10 agents, I'll probably end up bringing on three. So I know that if I want to hit 15, right, I need to take, I need to take, what's that? 15, five, what is almost 50 appointments, I think. I need to take 50 appointments in the first quarter. So then I go, okay, 50 appointments in my first quarter. So this is listings, hypothetically, 50 listing appointments in your first quarter. I'll take that 50 number and then divide it weekly. And then I'll even divide it daily just to see what that looks like. But usually it's gonna gonna function on a week. Mm -hmm. So I know in order to hit that, I have to be doing, I think around like four interviews a week to hit that goal in that 90 days. So then what I do is I go, I reverse from there a little bit further deep into the weeds and I go, okay, well, how am I, like, what is my current lead flow in terms of agents? Where are they coming from? Do I have the systems to actually bring in that many agents to speak with? If I do great, how am I following up with them? Like how, what's my onboarding process? And just building out the entire ecosystem going, okay, my front end is covered, back end's covered. I have the goal. I have the system. I have the influx of of people I need to talk to. I know what the process is and they go through the interviews. And then I know what I'm doing with them after, depending on yes, no, maybe so on, on the conversation. And then I'm bringing them on and, and then I'm recording that every week. So our company, we do a Friday call, our executive team, where we review our total GCI, total pending, total listings, ROI on ad spend, agent total agent roster. And we go through that every week. So we're able to track it real clean. And every department reports their numbers and, and we make sure we're moving as we should. But it's like hyper accountable breaking it down into literally the week. So, you know, like my whole goal, like if anything else, I need to just talk to four agents this week. Like (laughs) I can almost do, I could get on no call. I could miss everything. As long as I talk to four agents, I'm doing my job and well, not my entire job, but my job when it comes to agent attraction, I'm doing my job. Mm -hmm. Then you break it out into other things too. But like, I don't know if that's a good summary or not, but that's how I think about. Yeah, no, I think it is important to picture it and breaking it down into just the daily or weekly to-dos. It makes it so much more palatable for people rather than just seeing the big numbers and not really knowing how you're getting there. And then it also highlights where do you need help? Because maybe somebody has outlined that they want to, you know, get 60 deals done next year, but they don't really know how to predictably know where those deals will come from. I or about, I was just about to say that. Is yeah, that, I mean, well, I wasn't didn't mean to like jump in, but I, that's so big. Is that if you have no previous data, it's so hard to say. Well, like, how do I know that's going to get me enough? Mm-hmm. 
So the two things that I would say in terms of like goal setting and really casting that vision is start with those different equities of life. Make sure that you've hit on all of the different areas rather than just your business or just your finances. Do the full thing. Even if it seems silly, it's really going to help you at least have clarity on where you might be a little bit depleted and it could help you could save you from a big issue down the road. And then second of all is making sure that you are finding ways to actually cast that tapping into the different senses, whichever works best for you, vision, but make sure that you're actually able to feel yourself accomplishing the goals that you have set because it'll make a massive difference. So I think that's pretty much it. Do you have anything else to add? I am trying to think about what you were going to say, but that was it. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the House of Agents podcast. We will see you guys on the next episode. And don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a review. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. It is how new people find the show. Until next time, friends.